Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the 1000 Women Strong podcast, Life and Debt. Uh, we're talking about two topics during this series. One of them is student loan debt, and the other is maternal health and reproductive rights. Both of them um, affect black women disproportionately. Today, we have on a delightful guest from PA. I'm going to let her tell you who she is and her experience with student loan debt. And we're going to have just a back and forth conversation about the impact of student loan debt um, and how it particularly impacts black women. So Shamra, tell me who you are and tell the folks who you are. Hi, everybody. I'm Shamra Spencer, and um, I currently live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I grew up in Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, but after I graduated from college, I moved to Philadelphia, which is where my mom's side of the family is from. Nice, nice, nice. And so what was your experience in terms of um, going to college? What were your aspirations? Did you grow up thinking you would go to college? Is that something your family enforced? Yeah, I grew up wanting to go to college. Both of my parents went to college. My mom graduated. My dad didn't, but that's where they met. Uh, they went to Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania, which is an hour and a half um, outside of Pittsburgh. And I ended up going to the same college. Um, that was not initially my intention. I thought I was going to go to um, South Carolina State University after I went on the black college tour, but um, I got money from Edinburgh. So that's where I landed. Absolutely. And that's the key phrase, money. And so tell me, you said you got money to go to Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. Yes. I received a Board of Governors tuition waiver. So okay. that helped, you know, as long as I kept my grades at a certain grade point average, then it paid for my tuition. So all four years? Yes. If I, if I would have kept my grades where they were supposed to be, but I, I, uh, think that I had it for my freshman and sophomore year. And mm -hmm. um, I was, I had general education, I guess was, I didn't declare a major during those mm -hmm. years. Okay. Um, and then I thought that I wanted to do computer science just cause I thought that's where the money was going to be. Mm -hmm. And I just kept trying to, to get in that field. And my grades were not um, agree in agreement with, you know, my aspirations. So, um, my grades did decline and I, and I did party a little, you know, that's what mm -hmm. we do. And grades didn't stay where they needed to be. So I did lose the tuition waiver at some point. Mm. And then what happened? Um, so I always, you know, from the very beginning had um, student loans. I mean, it, the tuition waiver didn't pay for the full um, cost of college. So I always had student loans um, from the time I started all the way through when I graduated. So um, it just ended up having to cover more of it than mm -hmm. before. And even, even, um, then I still th was accepting the full, um, loan amount, you know, they would mm -hmm. give you, mm -hmm. you were able to accept the additional monies, mm -hmm. um, if you wanted to. And I did it every time that was like my spending money and mm -hmm. you're eating, um, you're living. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's something that I wish I wouldn't have done if, if I would have known better. Mm -hmm. um, that's a decision that I would not have made because that mm -hmm. obviously increased the amount of debt that I accumulated. That's right. But, but I'm curious, what would have been the alternative? Um, 
because you said it was your living, your living, you needed to. Yeah. I mean, I used it for extracurriculars, but I also worked, you know, while I was in mm -hmm. school, I, you know, had side jobs worked at the cafeteria and mm -hmm. eventually once I got a car, I was able to work, you know, different odd jobs, fast food, TJ Maxx, things like that. Um, so I might've been able to make it work. I mean, my parents were able to help me some, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but probably not at the level that I wanted to, to be mm -hmm. able to just enjoy the college life. Right. Right. And we all know that the college experience is important for a lot of folks, not just for you to go out and get a job, just for you to mature as a human Absolutely. right, and have those experiences. Um, and so then you graduate. Yes. Right. I graduated. And, and what I, um, so like I said, after I graduated, I decided that I didn't want to go back to Pittsburgh, um, you know, where I grew up, where my parents, mm -hmm. um, were, and I decided mm -hmm. to move to Chester, Pennsylvania, which is a city right outside of Philadelphia, because that's where okay. my mom's side of the family was from. And so I lived mm -hmm. with my grandma until mm -hmm. I could get on my feet. Okay. So obviously finding a job and all that kind of stuff was not very easy at first. Uh, so my first job until I found something more stable was mm -hmm. straw bridges. If, if that's a, a department store similar uh, to like Macy's and okay. um, Kaufman's back in the day. So, okay. And so tell me about like, why was it difficult? You were trying to, you were seeking a job in your chosen field. Yes, I ended mm -hmm. up graduating with a speech and communications um, degree. Mm -hmm. And when I was in college, I had an internship um, at a nonprofit in a development office. Um, mm. And I really did enjoy that. So um, I was seeking employment in that field. And I eventually gotcha. did find it. I, I did find right. it. I um, worked for a company, uh, organization called Devereaux Advanced Behavioral Health. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm still working there currently. So I've Great. been at the same nonprofit, uh, for almost 20 years. Oh, wow. And so that's interesting. Cause that doesn't happen much, right? Um, just the nature of nonprofits, um, just the stick to of, you know, staying somewhere for 20 years. I know our parents and our grandparents did that, but you know, I think Gen X generation is the generation where that started to waver a little bit. Absolutely. Um, because folks began to, you know, the corporations weren't as kind to us as they had been in the past. And we began to see our own value and say, hey, you know, why would I stick here and let me, you know, go for uh, greener pastures? So I want to talk a little bit about, um, for those watching, um, that's in case you don't know, a student loan debt disproportionately affects black women. Um, that's because we're seeking more of us are seeking degrees, um, particularly at advanced degrees. And when we go into the workforce with those degrees, we aren't paid as much as our white male counterparts or white counterparts, period. And therefore that creates the um, disproportionate um, and unequitable uh, level of employment and the ability to pay back the student loans. And so um, what I didn't mention at the onset is um, the podcast series is called uh, Life and Debt, but this podcast is called The American Dream Costs Too Damn Much. And I would argue that um, we would, and I don't even have to argue, I don't even know why I said that. Uh, I, would, I would say that a lot of us were sold a dream, right? Um, and I wanted 
you know, you to talk about your story a little bit first, Shammer, because you pretty much illustrated um, or laid out the experience of a lot of folk, right? The experience of a lot of black women going to college. You want that experience. You were fortunate enough to have parents go to college. You were walking in their footsteps. You want to have this college experience and matriculate and do the things. And in order for you to have that experience, you, you it, it needed to be funded, right? Um, it's not as if you didn't work. You did, as you stated. Um, and a lot of us go into college and, you know, experience some bumps and some things. And so you had to readjust. Um, and so that full scholarship was no longer there. You made the adjustment, but you finished. I think that's a lot of folks experience. And I think um, the data will show that disproportionately our um, white counterparts have more um, income and their parents can afford for folks to even flunk out of college, even not pay anything and not have the same level of debt. And so I'm laying that out because um, I think there is some sense of guilt and maybe shame uh, for a lot of things, right? Because you mentioned, oh, I, in retrospect, I would have done things different. But I would argue if you really dissected that, would you, right? You still needed to gas, you still needed to eat. Um, and I subscribe to a holistic well-being form of being mm -hmm. in that, the enjoyment and the fellowship of friends and being able to do things that soothe your soul and um and a and a let's place it a challenging time of being in college right yeah um those th that's what you needed to be able to matriculate and i think a lot of us feel bad about it um I, I, I've been having a theme of wearing t-shirts throughout the podcast, and this one is hashtag stigma free, and it can apply to a lot of things. And I think we all have a stigma, black women, about going to college and, oh, I should have chose a major out the gate, or I, I you know, I shouldn't have been doing this, and I partied too much, or I did this. Maybe, but our white counterparts do the same thing, and they don't have to deal with the same level of consequence. And it's not to say that we're not about accountability. It's to go back to the 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 theme of the cast is the american dream costs too damn much absolutely right um and so were you told um growing up like you go to college you get a job you did like what was the what yeah, were you told i mean i grew up knowing that you know going to college was important in order to you know to to have a successful life. I mean, that's what we're told, right? <laughs> that's yeah, what we're told. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that that is the case now. I think it's so important that um, financial education is, is so important, I think, and it should be taught in the schools. And unfortunately yes. it's not because everybody doesn't go to college. And even if you do, that is not something that they teach. Yep. Um, so I'm actually uh, recently um, in the process of trying to start my own business, financial services business to um, just educate people about, you know, how to be financially free, how to be, you That's know, right. to get out of debt and to, um, you know, save as much money as you can and um, and also make sure that your, your income is protected. Because a lot of times that is how some of those other cultures are mm -hmm. advancing so much quicker. They have things like, you know, life insurance or whatever it may be um, mm -hmm. that that puts them in the position of, of that generational wealth. And our culture just doesn't really have that in place. 
Right. And, 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 and let's be clear, it's systemic, right? I was just listening to something in the news and um, there is a history of keeping black folks out. For instance, a lot of folks gain their wealth through home ownership. It is a fact. It's not us making it up. It's not us in our Absolutely. feelings about it. This is a fact that the federal government allowed white folks, particularly GIs, to um, who had served in the military to get loans for their homes, and they didn't do the same thing for black folks. You know, I'm in Michigan, um, Motor City, and there were folks working in the plant in the 40s, um, black and whites side by side. Those white folks were able to get loans for their homes. The black folks were not. Absolutely. And so that that starts out the uneven playing field and here we are in 2022 and you have these black women who are the grandchildren and great-grandchildren of these folks who worked hard every day right and so to, to no fault of their own they just weren't given the same amount of resources right and so here we are talking about how we feel bad about the fact that we shouldn't have took out this loan well here's a hot take reparations damn it because <laughs> you know maybe we should have maybe we should have had all this financial knowledge but come on man let's 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 call it what it is right it's systemic racism and um we are we even on top of that we bought into this idea of the american dream because we still want that dream we we are americans right yes. um and so uh you know my parents do get a good job and you can do all these things well i'd argue that the uh these younger generations they like i don't got to go to college i ain't got to get a job i can work for myself and still be successful now we can go back and forth on you know how we feel about that and values and all that stuff but i i give it up to them you know some people scoff at a lady they don't have no discipline hard work listen they have figured it out they have figured out they the have. algorithm yes <laughs> that, literally the <laughs> they're making it big doing that social media and yes i'm like yes. They, they're, they're willing ownership. to take chances and it, yeah exactly and they're succeeding and they're succeeding and that's um, why this year is the great recession because so many people are quitting their jobs <laughs> because they've they've seen the light yes right they've seen the light and i think this ties into our conversation about student loan debt and black women the American dream costs too damn much and we shouldn't feel bad about it. What should happen is we elect folks who have our best interest at heart. Yes, right? indeed. So bringing it around, the purpose is to, you know, for us to vote and be involved and do the things because these are the folks that make these determinations right back in the 40s it was whoever it was and now it's who it is now and so it's not about vote for this person or vote for that person but vote for the person who has your best interest at heart i completely agree and so in the midterms where we're heading to now november 8th make sure that you're voting for that person who is going to put the pressure on said president who can with executive order and the struggle of pen just say hey this is done uh, but we know there are political wranglings and things that happen that prevent that from happening. Um, but, you know, there are good folks in the um, in the House and the Senate who have put that pressure on the on the president. And we want to elect people who will continue to do things like that. So um, making sure that there are allies um, and even if they're not in the in, in the, uh, Washington, D.C., in their your respective state, that they stand side by side with you um, in agreement that student loan debt 
should be canceled. I completely period. agree. People it's need an equity to do their issue. research. You need to, and, and it's important to vote locally as well yes. as for the, the, the major races. Like you can't yep. just go out and vote for the president. So races, you need to be paying attention to what's going on locally so yes. because it's going to trickle up. Yep, it is. Because those those uh, school board members grow up to become city council people. And those city council people become county elect officials. And those county elect officials become state people. And those state people run for U.S. Senate and um, Congress um, and sometimes senator. Right. And so and sometimes governor. So, you know, you have to pay attention and and watch and take care of your best interest and the interest of your community. And so, um, Shamra, I want to thank you for coming on. Is there anything else that you want to share about your experience or student loan debt or just in general before we close it out? No, I could just be definitely stand in agreement with do what you can to, to, to get that message across, to get that student loan debt canceled because I am swimming in student loan debt and I certainly could use all the help that I can. There, with, with inflation and, and everything else, you just... Yes. It's just impossible to be paying all of these things. And education should not cost all these hundreds of thousands of dollars. It just shouldn't. No, especially when you're doing good for the, the whole, right? An educated electorate is a better electorate. Um, and it just makes for better folk. And it doesn't mean that you have to go to college to be a better human. Um, it just helps the whole um, when folks have education. It could be trade school. It could be anything. Um, but giving back and, and, and filling yourself up so you can give back to the community community is what's key. So on that note, um, I'm going to close this out. As always, folks, we're going to have some um, information and resources about PA in terms of when to vote, the deadlines, uh, also resources and information about student loan debt. Um, you know, it's always changing and rapidly changing, but we will have some information and some links in the show notes. And as always, thank you for joining us. Have some joy in your life, and we will see you again soon. So as we promised, we will be sharing voter information for PA. The registration deadlines in person and at local election office is October the 24th, online October the 24th, and by mail again October the 24th. That is for registration deadlines. For absentee ballot deadlines, to request the ballot and to be received by is November the 1st at 5 p.m. To return ballot by mail, again received by November the 8th at 8 p.m. Returning the ballot in person, again November 8th. And just so you know, that is election day. Voting deadlines, early voting varies by location. Uh, in person is also November 8th. So remember, PA, those are your deadlines for voting. If you have any questions or concerns, please refer to the uh, show notes. And um, there should be some hyperlinks there for you to uh, investigate some more voting information. And we hope you get out to vote.